0: Now one day a stray calf appeared on one of the farmer's lands and the farmer took a piece of rope, he tied it round the calf's neck and he fixed it to the barn. It's my cow, he said. And the other farmer took offence. I know that cow's markings, he said. That's my cow, it's my cattle. You must be mistaken, said the other farmer. He was on my land, he's my cow. I'm Francine, and welcome to Disc Café Rewind. We are the Dutch International Storytelling Center, bringing you stories from our cafes. Hello there. My name is Connor, and I have a special treat for you today. Not one, but two stories from our friend and storyteller, Based in Turkey, Helen Turgut. Thank you for the beautiful music. Um, thank you, Michael and Francine and Disc. I was just thinking, seeing Stella there as well, of the before times when we came um, and spent some time with you, with you guys and um, just, yeah, lovely memories of telling stories in the cafe by the river and how how lovely it was. And it's also so special to see so many people, um, so many familiar faces. So yeah, wonderful. So are we ready for a story? Actually two stories. So I'm gonna tell you a traditional story and then I'm gonna tell you a personal story and we'll see what you make of it. So once upon a time, there were two farmers and they lived side by side. They had been neighbors for about 40 years. And the land where they lived was lush and abundant with olive groves and walnut trees and herds of cattle and sheep that roamed freely. And they had farmed like this side by side for a very long time. In the winters, they would make up a fire and share cozy chats. And in the summers, they would work together at the end of summer. One of them had an olive press, so they would harvest all their olives and press the oil. The other had a grape press so they would harvest all the grapes and make their fresh wine and celebrate. And in this way, 40 years passed harmoniously and with actually great joy. Now one day, a stray calf appeared on one of the farmer's lands. And the farmer took a piece of rope, he tied it round the calf's neck and he fixed it to the barn. It's my cow, he said and the other farmer took offence. I know that cow's markings, he said. That's my cow, it's my cattle. You must be mistaken, said the other farmer. He was on my land, he's my cow. And in this way, they bickered and they rowed, and it grew louder and louder, and then all of a sudden, it stopped. They just stopped talking to each other, and a kind of deathly silence descended on that beautiful land. And one day, one of the farmers, he went and he built a huge trench and it ran all the way down from the hill, from the pond at the top of the hill, all the way along their boundary, along their fields. And he filled it and flooded it with water. And then he did one thing more and he called it the creek. And the other farmer was incensed. The creek, he thought. The creek, I know what I'll do. He thought, I'll build a huge tall fence. And I will make sure that I never have to look on him or his land ever again. The creek. And At that moment, there was a knock on the door and he opened it and there was a young woman and she was dressed like a backpacker, backpack strapped to her back, slightly scruffy, bright eyes and um, she said she was a carpenter and she was in need of a bit of work. She'd been traveling around that region. She was in need of a bit of work and might he have something going? Funny you should say that, he said. And he described to her plans for the tall, huge fence so that he would never have to look on his neighbor again. I can do that. That sounds like a job I can do, she said. I'll need some more supplies. He left her with the basic bits of wood, and nails that he had, and she had all the tools that she needed, and he left her sawing and cutting. He drove off into town to get some more supplies. As dusk fell, he pulled up, back up the dusty road towards his farmhouse, and the Land Rover, he got out of his Land Rover, looked across where he thought this tall fence would be, and instead, he saw a bridge crossing from one side of the waterway to the other. And it wasn't just any old bridge, it was a beautiful wooden bridge with gorgeous wooden railings. And there on the other side of the bridge, he saw his friend, the farmer, taking one so slow step onto the bridge, his hand outstretched. I'm so glad you did this, he said. I would never have had the courage to. And the other farmer sighed, and he too took one step towards the bridge. And slowly they moved across towards each other and patted each other on the back gruffly, the way farmers might. And then they turned to the carpenter and invited her in for a cup of tea. But she had already strapped on her backpack and tied her laces. I have to go, she said. Thank you. I have so many more bridges to build. So I'm gonna take you now to the late 90s. And um, I was a rookie reporter for Reuters news agency. And uh, that meant mainly that I was allowed to cover the stories that the more seasoned correspondents didn't find that interesting. And this actually suited me quite well because I thought they were the most interesting stories. And um, at that time, this was the late 90s, Turkey was very strictly secular. And so they were, they were, it was a time when uh, young women who wore the headscarf were forbidden from entering universities. Um, They were allowed to study only if they wore a hat or a wig. And protests had started here and there um, with these young women who were, who were really demanding the right to be able to, to be allowed to be educated um, in however they wanted. And um, I was assigned this story, I had to argue for it a little bit, but I was assigned this story and I had a, I, I, I had a rendezvous with a group of young women. So if you can imagine it just for a moment, to go to Istanbul, bustling old city, um, the, the old university there, with its big neoclassical façade and the traditional imperial library, not so far away. And just across from the entrance of the university, there was this coffee house, which was bustling with people and also very smoke filled. They still hadn't passed the anti-smoking law. So, it. <coughs> so, so days- I, I, um, I, I met these young women there. <coughs> we spent the better part of an afternoon talking, and at one point. Um, You have to also remember that I was raised, it's good that my parents are here, (laughs) but that I was raised a good secular Turk and I didn't have any friends who wore the headscarf. It just wasn't a part of my universe at all. And it was actually very difficult for me to understand that choice. So um, I went to meet these young women and we spent the better part of an afternoon talking and chatting and um, they at one point one of them said to me she described the act of wearing the veil as a daily act of devotion to something larger than herself and she talked about it as a kind of intimacy between her and this something larger and a kind of seclusion from the kind of freneticness and the busyness of modern life that she had this kind of intimate space to which she could take refuge in and there was something about the way that she described that that really touched me. And I found very beautiful and kind of compelling. And so we drank a few more cups of Turkish coffee. And then I was preparing to leave. And I said, I said, you know, I said, I just need to ask you one thing. Um, if would you if I was to ask you to defend my right to walk down the street wearing a miniskirt, <clears throat> would you would you do that? And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, I have to be honest with you, she said, I don't think you should be walking down the street wearing a mini skirt." So um, where I sit with these stories is that sometimes, you know, we can build a bridge in an afternoon, the materials are there, we have the right help, it's the right time and we can just do it, we can just build that bridge. And sometimes it takes a lot longer to build those bridges. And we can only go really one plank at a time, trusting that we will get there in the end. The bridge will be built, but that it will be built in its own sweet good. Thank you for listening today. If you like these stories and want to hear more of them, go to the website Diskstorytelling.com to learn about our upcoming storytelling cafes, courses and more.